What did you do, man? I can't even step on the heel. I don't know. I don't remember. I need to I need to grow up. I need to stop living this life. Let's go to a bar after this. Nope. Come on. Nope. Why not? Not going to happen. Why? Like a week of no drinking. That's where I'm at right now. Because you can't control Because you have a problem. No. No. Because it just... Uh, no, I don't have a problem. It just uh, uh, doesn't... Uh, it's not conducive. All right, man. Look, last night got away from me. That's it. It got yeah, away from like me. Yeah, just like last week got away from you. What, last week? What, Friday? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no, that was fine. That's just drinking. Last night was... Which bar did you go to? I went to Echo Park. And oh, we... that's your first mistake. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, it's also horrible because they're like, all the beers cost $9 and they're all like 8.6%. Oh, great. And I, like... I could easily drink like ten Budweisers, and it's just like, all right, whatever. Yeah, but not this IPA bullshit. No, no. And then every bar you go to has a different selection, so you're drinking this and that and this and that, and you don't realize it. You're yeah. running full speed down Olympic naked, and yep. you're like, I don't know how this, this happened. Ah! <laughs> Taco lettuce, like <laughs> just like across your face, smears of of, of different salsas. Yeah, no. It's the not car a good drives look. up and says. Lift for Brian? You're like, I didn't have my phone! How did I call it Lift? You did it! Someone else did. <laughs> um, and then, like, we finished the night and went back to and drank whiskey to end the night. Good for you. No, and then I fell. That's how I fell. And I was like, I gotta go home. I gotta go home. I gotta go home and rethink things. Did you drive? No. No. Okay. I will never drink a drive. It's horrible. It's a horrible thing. All right. <laughs> just, just a question. That's why I don't really drink when we play D and D, because I drive out there. Mm. So I have a beer, and then tons of candy <laughs> and pizza. Why it's the movie movie podcast with Michael Gutierrez and Brian Bernard Manane. Alright, well, well, we're back. We're back. This is us being back. Do we have our dynamic down, or is this going to yeah, take a few episodes? I was, I was trying to... I was, <laughs> I was trying to... I wasn't quick enough. Now I'm explaining the bit I had in my head. <laughs> I was going to be like, What are you in here with my daughter? Oh, I thought this was my room! I'm sorry! <laughs> like, this is the alternate <laughs> <You're> 1985? <right. laughs> We've been gone for six months, I think. It was the last time we made a new episode. Man. Well, yeah, so like, what is that, September, October? Uh, then it's got to be even longer. I think July was the last time we did an episode. Yeah, because uh, yeah, I worked on that pilot, and then yeah, and then the holidays, and then you moved. Yeah, and, and we then, lost the office. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. So we have a pile of, of excuses of why we have <laughs> I They're all legitimate. Right? Well, I keep telling people, it's, it's February 22nd, and it feels like, to me, that Christmas just ended. Like, the holiday, like, feel is finally gone. Yeah, I feel the same way. I feel like I saw a tweet yesterday that that I thought was so funny. They said that it feels like January and February of 2019. Yeah, it There's, like, the bonus tracks of, like, 2018. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's like the New, the Year new Year starts, starts in March. March. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know, things get away from you. Think this got away from us, but that's okay. We're back. We're going to be back on track now. Gotta go back in time. <laughs> I think. 
I made that uh, an alarm song. Does not. It isn't a good one. What do you mean to wake you up? Yeah. Did it not work? Well, it does, but like I like to be. Does I like to be gradually woken up. <laughs> so what? What would your your choice alarm be then? Just like Michael. Hey Michael. Just I mean, so you know, in like five minutes, you gotta go. No, like uh, four minutes, Mike. You gotta the, get up. Well, there, there, what's that song with uh, Sting? The uh, let's see, uh, Fields of Gold. That's a great. Like that's that's a great like. Oh, it's time for you to get up. Like it, the alarm's going off now. Uh-huh. Uh Another one um, that's worked very well for me. Uh, stuck in, <laughs> stuck in the middle with this, you. You have a list yes, on your phone. Yes, right. These are all songs that I've used. Um, How do you set a song as your alarm? <laughs> Could talk about this later. No, I, I. This is mystifying to me. All right, so you go to you go uh, to your alarm. Yeah, you go to your alarm. And you uh-huh. click on it, and um, and you go to the sound. Uh huh. And then so any sounds that are on any music that you have on your phone or in your iTunes, you can connect here. I have Apple Music, so I can go to pick a song. So next time I meet a celebrity, I'm gonna get him to do a voice memo on my phone, yeah. and it's gonna be. Michael, you got five minutes, just so you know. Uh, you got to get up soon. Uh, uh, this is Zachary Levy from Captain Marvel. Or Shazam. I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. I'll take it. I have. <laughs> I should probably strip this audio, but I have Chris, uh, Christopher Lloyd uh, uh, saying that he'll see me back to the future. Back in the future. What, what does he say exactly? I have to find it. I don't remember. <laughs> uh, I'll see you back in the, back in the future. I mean, that's... Sadly, that's because a friend of mine met him and was like, "Hey, say hello, to my friend Ryan and Mike." And he's like, "Ryan, Michael, I'll see you back in the future." <laughs> like that's you're like that's not even the that's not even the title of the movie. No, it's but, not a lot but, you say. But you know, back in the future, they didn't meet Christopher Lloyd. It was he's a shell of himself. <laughs> he's also like eighty seven. It's not a shell. Well, you know what? It's it's the thought that counts, Brian. I I appreciated it. Doc Brown said something. He said back, and he said future in the same sentence to me. He's not legally allowed to say back to the future. <laughs> he, he's got to pay royalties every time. Thank you, Crispin Glover. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're back. Uh, live streaming you well, though? You're good? I'm in a new spot. We're in my yeah. living room right now. Yeah, you got a great new place. Yeah, well, so... Um, Guys, uh, girls, men, women, ladies, children. No, no children. I hope children. Do you think children would listen to this? I hope not. Do you think there's a... I mean, we only have like 18 listeners. Do you think one of those could be a kid? I mean... uh, (laughs) Like an 11-year-old? I mean, most of them are mentally children. Right. This is iTunes and it's on on Stitcher, right? I don't remember. (laughs) So a podcast I had some time ago, like for whatever reason... It was on, uh, was it Podbean? Uh-huh. And, like, it, they would tell you, like, where in the world people were listening to and how they found you. And I had, for whatever reason, I, I had, like, at least five subscribers in Ghana. In Ghana? Yeah. Well, guys, uh, welcome to the Movie Movie Podcast with Mike and Brian. Uh, we've been gone for a, a while, as we already covered in the opening. But we are back and intend to be on schedule from now Hopefully. on. And I found a, I found someone who will engineer for us, so this might be oh, one of the last shitty sound qualities, you know. What's their rate? 
I don't know yet. Also, I wouldn't say that on air. It might not be. You didn't say who it was. It might not be that. Ex- it might not be expensive at all. Okay. We might even do it for free. Well, this is the first time I'm really hearing about it. I so text like, you and you I made know. some stupid joke. What did I say? I don't want to say what you said because I don't want to call See? anybody out. Like... <laughs> you said, "Is it so and so?" Who also that's just you, a triggering. You, you are making me sound like I'm a shady motherfucker. You triggered me. You you want to trigger me with this this guy constantly. Like I have to stop letting you know who annoys me. Cause then, how? Cause then, like three forty seven in the afternoon on a Tuesday, I'll get random pictures of someone's Facebook wall just to set me off. It's not really to set you off. It's just to let you know what's going on. You say that. You say that. you. I know the words coming out of your mouth, but I also know the intentions. Come on, you're making it sound like I'm just an anarchist. No, you're just trying to trigger me. Why would I do that? You're I my, don't know. You're my friend. You tell Why me. Why would I do that? You're triggering me right now. All right. <laughs> yeah, so th- we're back with the Movie Movie Podcast. If you guys don't remember, or if this is your first time tuning in, which makes you a crazy person, they picked this episode. Uh, the Movie Movie Podcast is... Myself and my co-host Michael Gutierrez here. Uh, we take two movies, double feature style. One's his pick, one's my pick. We don't know each other's picks beforehand. And we watch them back to back and try and find a commonality between them. And also uh, deconstruct them a little bit and, and discuss just the the, the, the impact of the, the films themselves. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Does that sound right? Yeah. Yeah, that was a good summation. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. All right, so this week for the first episode of 2019, and how you feeling about 2019? You think it's going good? There's so so many unanswered questions. Yeah. Did you enjoy your Black History Month? It's been a good one, huh? I feel like we, we deserve a do-over. <laughs> no Black Panther this year. Instead, you got Yeah, jumped. that's true. And, and like, the <laughs> there's going to be so many... Black people disappointed on Sunday when Black Panther doesn't win all the awards that they, they think that it should win. What? But Green Book's going to win, right? So That's not a victory. <laughs> <laughs> For anybody. For anyone. Gosh. You want to go bond over some fried chicken? <laughs> Fuck, man. I didn't see it. Was it good? I didn't Was, see it. No. All right. You get screeners, so I don't know. That's true. I, s- I didn't see it, but there, there's, there's a moment in... The film where they bond over KFC because the Italian guy's like, "Oh, you don't, cause, you know, like Ali's playing like this sophisticated pianist, so he doesn't eat fast food." And so the Italian guy's like, "Oh, you don't eat fried chicken? All you love fried chicken." And Vigo Mortensen, yeah, great. Like, cause if the Italian guy was like, "Hey, let me let me take you to a, a fine Italian restaurant. Let me or let you know, cause it's a road trip movie, so let me." Let me cook for you, and as friends, we're going to because you haven't experienced real meatballs until you've had, you know, my, you know, my 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 grandmother's meatballs. Let right. me make them for you. And then if he was like, oh well, let me show you what soul food is, and let me cook, you know, cook you my grandma. And then the, and then they bonded over that. Great. But if you're if they're gonna be bonded over fried chicken, not only just fried chicken, KFC, right? Which yeah is really like they they paid for that, right? Like KFC yeah. paid to be the. Well, the, Popeyes didn't exist in the '60s, so I don't know if. if but he, would KFC be the thing, especially if you're down south? Well, I mean, like if it's well, KFC came in the why are we in the history of fast food and fried chicken? But like, <laughs> but K, K, KFC really came in the prominence like when uh, like post um, 
you know, the baby boomer generation. Right. So when, when mom was no longer expected to, to, to work, to just stay in the house and the work, it was an alternative to, um, to her cooking was just picking up this fast food, mom or dad or whatever. Right. So KFC was just as big uh, uh, or, or, or was on the same kind of like uh, relevance level uh, in terms of pop culture as McDonald's was at the time. For huh. the because you know, McDonald's, and, if you read the book Fast Food Nation, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so like yeah. they talk about this. So like that, that's one of the things. Guys, uh, if you could fact check to the movie Green Book and the prominence of KFC chicken in the era, give us a Google or give us a, <laughs> a an email or or tweet at us. Let us know. I um, hope it doesn't win Best Picture just on principle. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna eat uh, some KFC I've, on Sunday night. If 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 that if that's the case, if it does win. You and I should both eat fried chicken, <laughs> and we should both do a commentary on, on Green Book. You want to do a commentary track for Green Book right. while eating fried chicken? Yes. Even if it doesn't win, I think we should do that. <laughs> I'll take it. So, this week, guys, that dovetails nicely into this week. Uh, this week, we are doing two films, of course. One from 1988, what I consider to be the greatest action movie of all time. Die Hard, directed by John McTiernan, and written by Jeb Stewart and Stephen E. D'Souza. And we're putting it up against, I'd like, I'm kind of frustrated because I don't know how we're going to do this. This is one of those ones. Really? Like, almost? All right, all right no, okay. you, you got okay. it? You got it? All right, good. Okay. I'll, then I'll follow your lead. Oh, okay. I have an idea, but. I, I just have one one idea, and I'm going to follow that. All right, yeah, we'll, we'll pull that thread. We'll yeah, pull that we'll thread. We'll see how it goes. Um, and we, we're. We watched it with American Movie, a documentary from 1999, directed by Chris Smith. American Movie was my pick. Die Hard was your pick. Uh, I don't remember who who went first on the last episode. It so was, it was two years ago. All right. <laughs> yeah. It was, <laughs> oh, oh, it was in the early stages of the Trump presidency. Let's blame our absence on oh, Trump man. presidency. Michael, mm-hmm. if you would, please tell the people what American Movie is all about. American Movie is, uh, my, my wife initially thought I was watching a Christopher Guest movie, or at least a film in the style of it, but it's a documentary about, what's, who's, who's the name, uh, main, uh, main guy's name? Mark Borchat? Borchat? I don't know how I'm to say I'm just going to say name. Mark. Yeah, Mark. So it's about this gentleman, Mark, that lives in Wisconsin. And it's about, he's very passionate, he's a very passionate filmmaker. This is a true documentary about him aspiring to, and, and really uh, completing, shooting his short film, Coven. And Coven. 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 It's Coven. He pronounced Coven <laughs> sounds like oven, and you wouldn't use that. <laughs> which is a line for the movie. But Coven, which is a horror movie uh, shot in black and white. This movie was made in 1994. So there's, um, and it, it's shot over uh, the course of three years. Yeah. Because it ends in 97, right? Yeah. Because they, they end with uh, Green Bay's, uh, I think, Super Bowl win in 97. And so, and of course, they're all Packers fans. And it's about the trials and tribulations of him trying to accomplish his dream of being a filmmaker. And it's, he has a colorful cast of, of uh, cast and crew. These are all Midwesterners that... Are you know so far removed from what Hollywood is, or even what like conceptually like what Hollywood is? But Hollywood is, but because of Mark's enthusiasm and love for film and filmmaking, that kind of drives the whole the whole piece and drives everyone that 
may may not uh, have gone to school to be a location scout, but they're going to figure out how to do it. Uh, people that may or may not have learned how to cut on a not on a on a linear uh, editing system, but they're going to figure out how to cut actual film. You know, he's so excited. You know, they show in his room. He's got all this Sid Field book. He's got uh, books about um, about Coppola and 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 um, he knows the terminology. He knows Kubrick, the tech. Yeah. Yeah. Like and 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 you can see how. Films like The Evil Dead and Halloween and Night of the Living Dead, especially Night of the Living Dead, like yeah. have, have have influenced this guy, and he he's gonna be damned. I mean, no, you know, no, no. I'm not trying to be funny, but like <laughs> he'll be damned. Everyone's gonna stop him creating his his horror film, and you know he needs to sell five thousand units, three thousand, three thousand units, fourteen ninety five piece. right, and to which, recoup all the expenses. I read later that he sold five thousand. Oh, so oh. this film gave him a boost, and 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 he, I mean, he made like seventy five grand off of it. Anyway, so that's what American movies about. It's that's what it's about. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. It's all right. You, yeah. got, you got excited. You had fun. It's <laughs> so your pick was Die Hard again. What I consider the greatest action movie of all time, and it's so simple to explain. A New York cop named John McClane played by Bruce Willis for the rest of his life, comes out to L.A. to try and repair his marriage with his wife, Holly. He winds up in the wrong place at the right time when what seems to be terrorists take over the building that her that his wife is in and the Christmas office party, intending to rob the place blind. And Bruce Willis takes off his shoes, grabs a gun, and fucks everything up. Like that's that's basically it. It's it's such a simple summation, but it's the movie itself is is so perfect because of how succinct and and easy of a film it is, and long. It's long. But I th- I feel like it's an appropriate length for all the <clears throat> fun and games that they set up. Sure, and there, and there's so many characters. Like you get you get uh, uh, Al, <laughs> Sergeant Al. There, you know, he's got an arc. You've got people like, uh, uh, who's the, uh, Styles, right? Is that his name? Oh, the driver? Yeah. Is his name Styles? No, it's not Styles. Styles is from, from Team, Team Wolf. Wolf right? right. <laughs> Played by two different actors that neither one got a hold on what the hell that character is supposed to be. <laughs> Who's Styles? Yeah. He, he gets crazy. Like, if you, I would love to see those two actors playing those characters in one movie. Rewatch. I mean, I don't know if you have the time, but rewatch Teen Wolf. Pay attention to that that actor's <laughs> portrayal of Styles. Then watch Teen Wolf Two, which is already a crazy movie and bad, and and like clearly made on half the budget of the first one. Uh huh. And so they get budget Styles, which is just <laughs> fucking nuts. Budget Styles. Anyway, uh, Argyle, Argyle, Argyle. Yes, but yeah. So that's that's the movie in a nutshell. Yeah. Like I said, I look, I'll just put it out there the only like real thing that I could see connected to these two movies is the fact that John McClane is up against odds and obstacles that he should not oh, be able yeah. to overcome. Yeah. And Mark as a filmmaker is in the same place. They both have the know-how. They both uh, have the abilities, but it it they 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 face insurmountable odds and somehow succeed. Yeah, that's yeah, and like and being able to like, execute whatever loose plan either one of them have. Yeah, improving on the fly. Right. Yeah, because yeah. like the the first thing that really 
came to me like in the first like few minutes of watching American movie was I thought it was very fitting that one the first film on our list is American movie and like you said Die Hard's one of if not the best action American action film ever made. It's the quintessential, at least. Like it's hard to argue that it didn't set the template. And like the, both of these films couldn't be even any more American if they tried. That's true. All right. So yeah. what is more American than calling uh, John McClane John Wayne? Right. And him saying Yippee Kaye. What is more American than I'm an East Coaster? And fuck all these LA people because uh-huh. you got a, a lot of weird shit. What is more, what is more American than the weird cokehead thinking that he could talk to the, the head of a of a of a terrorist organization and talk him down and and, and negotiate with him? What is, baby bull I talk to him. You know, what uh, you know? What is more American than being a Midwesterner, reading a book about Stanley Kubrick, and thinking that you can make two thousand one A Space Odyssey? Or I mean, or 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 or, or watching a few George uh, Romero films and saying, you know what, I could do that. I have a force that looks similar to this. I could get black and white stock. I can do this and explain that to a whole team of people that don't know what the hell you're talking about, but you're excited about it. Except for his dad. His dad was not going to give him any money. <laughs> Mark's dad in American movie was, was was over giving him him money. I think he, he says how much he owes his dad. It's like ten grand. Oh, I missed that figure because I'm like, because when his dad's like, yeah, I'm not going to give him any more money. Like, just yeah, like, he says it at one point. Like, he says all the money he owes to all the places, and he, I think he says ten grand to his father. And he still lives at home, so like, his dad's probably like, what the? F-? Yeah, yeah, but but you got my vote, <laughs> Michael. That was the greatest. That was the most inspiring speech I've heard in a long time. But it's true. It is like American movie is like a snapshot because it's a documentary it's an actual snapshot of real american people like that what you would call a flyover state and they're eccentric but they're not they're not they're not crazy they're not bad people they're just normal fucking people Mm. and it's kind of weird to extrapolate that normalcy and watch it as a narrative right and that's what brings the charm but it is like that's America, and it's and, and it was made in 1994. But you go there today, and those people are still there, being the same kind of like loving scratch offs and, and and drinking soda all the time, and you know hanging out in a kitchen watching TV together. You know, like cheering on the Packers. Yeah, cheering on the Packers. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was saying to you off mic, I feel like Mark was just 30 years too late. Yeah. Because if he had that amount, if he had that passion today, and he had and he was. Um, if he if he was as passionate, you know, in '94, and he were that same age today, he would probably be directing short films for Netflix or uh, for Vimeo or whatever. Shutter, yeah, Shutter. They would yeah. eat him up, yeah. yeah, and like, and he would have a career. He'd have a full career, but because like he he burned so many bridges and and probably like spent you know X amount in credit, like he's not. <laughs> yeah, he says like the amount he owes to credit cards too, and I'm like, oof. Oof, buddy. And it, well, this was 94. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like, that's not and even the, 2019 dollars. And, like, it, the movie introduces us to the character of Mark in the very beginning, opening his mail. And it's a great, like, good news, bad news thing. And they're all Wisconsin. They're all Midwest. So they're all very optimistic 
people mm -hmm. or, or you know they are they just they don't try and dread they don't try and um uh focus on bad things there's even a moment in the movie where where he's talking to his uncle bill and he's like you know you gotta be positive you gotta you can't think like that um and the movie opens with with mark getting his mail and getting a lien from the irs and uh, getting a check right he gets a check first i forget which one so he gets a lien from the irs for 81 dollars. he gets a check that's like it's like 180 bucks or something and he's like that's great i just borrowed money from my mom for gas oh and then he gets a envelope with a credit card in it an american express credit card and he says something along the lines he's like well you know sometimes life is just amazing and he's so happy to get that credit card and that is that right there is the most american like that's america right there those three envelopes Right. It's pure America, yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting, you know, you look at someone, you look at the, the, the different predicaments that John McClane's in, and here he is kind of battling this, this, um, this foreign power, if you will. And, you know, like you said at the beginning of, of, the, of this episode, is that both of these men are in these, <laughs> these situations that they should not succeed. No. Right? No. And depending upon who you talk to, they both don't. Well, but, they fuck up. Right. They constantly fuck up. Like, Bruce yeah. Willis fucks that place up and is kind of just staying trying to stay alive and help the people outside. And it is the outside forces that are really fucking, fucking, fucking his job up. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't... Maybe, Mark, some it's circumstance, right, of where he is... Yeah, but a lot of that has to do with um, with the decisions that he's made, right? Sure. Like, if you're tens of thousands of dollars in debt to whomever... He dropped out of high school because he, he, he was like, I'm not learning nothing. And he seems he seems like he's a fucking intelligent dude. Yeah, he, he clearly he reads a lot. He's uh -huh. focused. Um, but yet, he delivers newspapers. Like, that's his job. Like, I'm, I'm surprised that he wasn't do, doing something that's a little bit more um higher functioning sure you know um like if they had said like oh he's you know he works at this um you know if he works at this uh uh photo um uh development yeah like a hut like a right. hot dog on a stick place. yeah yeah, yeah. i mean yeah. like if he, if he did something that was a little more high functioning i'd be like oh okay but maybe like he's saving his brain for his creative endeavors i mean who knows yeah yeah like I'm trying to think of of other like thematic through lines between the two pieces. But so you got you got John McClane who is who's the ultimate machismo, right? And th mm -hmm. that movie basically set the template for all 90s action. I think still today, I think we're still shaking off the 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 influence of of Die Hard and Terminator 2. Like those are the two that really and that's the argument is always which one's the better horror or horror. Um which one's the better action movie? I still think Die Hard. But yeah, you ha you so you have John McClane show up to this office Christmas party with a giant teddy bear trying to uh, woo his wife back and these assholes come and fuck up the party. And somehow John McClane is the right man for the job, right? And I feel like same thing with Mark and the people around Mark is Mark is the right man for the job and kind of gives – it's so weird to watch these people who are just like, like, oh, you're making a movie? Okay, I'll help. Like, like it's like not even a big – deal to them like and, and we live in la and if i said to someone we're making a movie they'd be like Haha, yeah right like but he's the right man for the job he gets it done and it's not like he makes a bad movie he makes a pretty competent film and he and he's and he's good at what he's he's doing but yeah the so i don't know i need something else i'm kind of ranting yeah I'm trying to think i mean 
But I do like the idea that they're they're quintessentially American. Yeah. You know, and like 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 Die Hard. What is more American than the EPKA motherfucker while firing an AK-47? Right, yeah. I mean, I think, um, I think certainly the cast of characters that surround both of these, these men is very interesting and plentiful. And another kind of, um, uh, it accentuates like that thought that of, of America, you know, the melting pot of America, how different we all are. I mean, maybe I'm stretching here, but, like, you look at Mark's buddy Mike, who is... The best character. The and, best and, character and, like, the, the, best, the best right-hand man. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And and helps Mark in his endeavor. You have... Um, yeah, Mark off- has a childhood friend named Mike who is uh, a heavyweight, uh, kind of dim. I don't want to say that insultingly, but kind of dim individual. Or maybe just stoic. Like, you can't really tell. You can't pierce that... Fabric. I mean, but, he clearly, clearly has done a lot of drugs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 He's a little burnt out. He's uh, uh, sober. Um, he's a guitar virtuoso, and he's Mark's right hand man, and he's always there for them, for him, and kind of takes abuse from him, but just takes it in stride. Like it never really affects him. It just kind of rolls off his back. Yeah, and like, but helps him in his in his mission in his journey. Right. Right. And um, which is a a very very american thing to help one another and we'll be able to to achieve anything you think he's uh he's he's his al you think he's his oh absolutely and that's where i was where i was going yeah. is that like yeah like his confidant like this is you know maybe one way you should go about it you know this is how i can help you how can i help you um and just being of service to this thing right and al not really knowing like if john's gonna live at all he doesn't even know. He does. I mean, he gets to know him over the radio, but he doesn't really know if, if John is who he says he is. Right. Yeah. Know? But he reads in between the lines. I think he's a badge. <laughs> right. That's what he says. What? What? What makes <laughs> you think that? A hunch. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have. You, you do the 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 eyebrows. The the, the yeah the he, eyes that he does. A hunch. Yeah. Yeah. It's perfect. <laughs> I killed a kid. <laughs> yeah. Um. Let's talk about. The romantic uh, uh, interests of both of these men. All right, so you got you got Holly Gennaro, McLean, uh, who's going by Holly Gennaro now because she she she's going by her maiden name, which oh man, John doesn't look good for you, does it, buddy? <laughs> um, and you've got and you've got Joan. Is that her name? Yeah, Joan, and she's beautiful. And who's the other? Who, who's his ex-wife or who's his baby's mama? What's her he, name? He says her name. I don't remember. I think it's like Jill. Like oh. I honestly think it's Joan and Jill. So <laughs> Mark, the, the forever paramour, has his baby mama and three kids, and he's got his locations manager slash girlfriend. <laughs> and I mean, they're both Holly and and the girl and and Joan, both career driven women, seem very independent. Uh, very independent seeming people who 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 are uh, um uh yeah don't need the man to define them right no but like but also i think it's interesting that both men pretend that they don't need these women right like i think john even in some regards just just kind of forgets about 
why he was even initially there, and then he comes back to it. I think Mark the same thing. He he, he has this bravado like, oh, I don't I don't need anyone else, and and then they show these very tender moments with Joan, and like clearly like she's like his backbone, right, right, and and clearly is very um, kind of like his 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 rock and kind of keeps him grounded. Yep. This guy is so eccentric that he could totally go off the deep end. And maybe probably knows that. Well, they correct? say at one point, like, I was afraid he'd grow up to be a serial killer. <laughs> they did say Right? That. He's like, like, maybe I'd be his first victim. I forget who says it, but somebody in the movie, like, maybe his dad is the one who says it. It's like, Mark, I, I there was points where I, I was sure he was going to grow up to be a serial killer. Well, and you look at someone like John uh, McClane, right? Like, he, I mean, just like any police officer, like, they have a very difficult, very hard job. Very stressful job, and he probably did, doesn't feel nearly as fulfi- fulfilled going out and being a cop in New York without coming home to a family. Right. And so he, even though he likes to pretend he's macho and he's this and he's that, I mean, in a lot of ways, like he's very, he's very, um, he, his vulnerability in Die Hard is just great. I mean, that's what makes it like so fantastic because we're, every time we see him be put in a situation like how the hell is he going to get out of this like there's no way that he's going to walk through that 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 room full of glass, glass yeah you know, with like, no shoes on like like what's he going to like that's going to fuck him up so yeah i think like both women and these pieces kind of serve as a not that they need uh these men but these men certainly need them and they're Shh. and they're sure. not complete they're not they're they're not complete without them yeah, well, and like they 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 ground them, right? Like right. you said, yeah. And John McClane, a hundred percent, he needs Holly, but I think he knows he needs Holly. Do you I don't think, think so. Yeah, I like. I think that he he's he's not good at vocalizing it, but he fucking came to L.A. He's got that giant teddy bear. He's like putting up with all this shit. Like he's he doesn't know how to let her know that, but he knows himself. Like if I don't get this bitch back, I'm going to be, I'm going to be uh, drinking myself into an early grave. Like he uh, knows that's what's going to happen to him. You know, one thing popped in my head, you brought up uh, Terminator two and die hard and people saying, which one is the better action film. Do you know what the through line is of one person between die hard and, and Terminator two? Is it Atherton? I'm, well, I'm specifically thinking about, like, the franchise of Die Hard. Oh. Like, with Terminator 2. Like, Die Hard 2 and Terminator 2. No. The villain in both is Robert Patrick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Good old Robert Pat. And it's and he looks the same in both because they were made around the same time. Yeah, yeah. So, like... <laughs> I knew this episode was going to be this hard. Like, so... And, this is me fucking with our own formula of a podcast, right? Because you said, wait, documentaries are allowed? Now, as the first time we've done this, as this experiment, do you think it worked? Do you think documentaries should stay on the list? Can, can be part of it? It, it, it can. I, I feel like um, the one good through line that we found about it being, a, both of these being the kind of quintessential American stories works for these two. Yeah. I don't know if we could do like hoop dreams with the buttercream gang. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that would, if that would, I feel like that almost would like, like if you said like hoop dreams and back to the future. No, no, that, maybe see. Yeah. yeah. I think it could work. I don't know. That's yeah. That's... But if I put like Sherman's March with like American pie, I don't know Sherman's March. Oh, Sherman's March is great. It's about this guy in the 60s, I think, or 70s, and he's this guy who's going to make a documentary on General Sherman, who marched through the South mm-hmm. uh, from the Civil War. 
And right before he leaves on his journey, he's like, he lives in New York City and he's kind of like, he's like an eccentric weirdo dude, like part of the art scene and stuff like that. And his girlfriend dumps him. So as he goes on this journey to follow Sherman's march, he slowly turns the camera on himself and it becomes this documentary about his fucking mental breakdown. Wow. And it's like, and it's got some of the most amazing, like, uh, shots of Americana, like, uh, of the country at the time and stuff. And it's beautiful, but you're also watching this guy completely lose it completely fucking lose it you ever watched uh what's the documentary about the salesman oh yeah yeah uh, maybe encyclopedia yeah encyclopedia yeah, yeah yeah but like that's i mean that's just yeah it's great yeah it's great that's just a yeah great, and watching them like just fail like spend time with these families like hey you know like spending time like there's one particular thing that's in my head of like he, he like one of the guys sits with a housewife and he's trying to sell her these yeah you know these these books or whatever and he and like you know it's the 50s so like she's sweet and she's pouring them whatever and then she's like oh i gotta wait until my husband gets home and my husband gets home he's like i'm not buying that <laughs> yeah leave. yeah yeah and this guy's just defeated because he spent two hours like on the sales pitch sitting with this woman <laughs> seeing like you know like and just like but it's his livelihood and then he has to call like his family and be like i can't yeah. Like, I, I, you know, I don't know how we're going to make rent because I didn't get this to sell. Well, I wonder, like, in, in watching American Movie, to bring it back to, to the podcast, um, I wonder about documentaries because, like, like last year, Wild Wild Country blew my fucking mind. Like, I've watched it twice. Cause Still need to see it. Dude, it is so well made. And, but it seems like documentaries, especially true crime stuff, right, has perforated and become, like, like a, a major uh, activity that people do now, right? It's like some of the... What was the one you just watched? Abducted in Plain Sight? Yeah. Yeah, and like, I started watching Abducted in Plain Sight, and it's like, the story is compelling, right? But it doesn't feel like a good documentary. Like, if it was a, a podcast, it would have been better. And I feel like a lot of these things I see now, like, American Movie uses the art form of documentary. It gives you indelible images. It I like the fly mm. on the wall aspect rather than the interview aspect. Like, I like that style of documentary making, but it gives you, it creates a narrative and it builds, it uses cinema as its language. And I don't know, a lot of, like, that's why Wild Wild Country, man, watch it. It's like, cinematically perfect. It's so good. Well, I I feel like a lot of the the shots in in Die Hard are very, I mean, they've been copied so, so much. Yeah. That it. Like that, it certainly uses the language of cinema to tell its story. Well, that's right. another. They, that's good. It's like that's another thing that like Die Hard setting the template for action. I had this discussion with my little brother, and he was like, "Well, what makes an action movie?" Because I was like, "It was the best mo- action movie of all time." And I and I like thought about it, and I came up with this summation to me is that like a musical is a musical because the best musicals are because when the emotional beats build up and the character has to uh have a moment of exposition and the 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 emotional beats all of a sudden it feels like it explodes into song action movies are the emotional beats are dictated by action set pieces right the best ones and a lot of action movies forgot that like you watch something like the expendables right which is kind of the natural progression of die hard all the way to there right and it's not fun it's not enjoyable because it doesn't know what cinematic language is. It's just like if we just do explosions and we just put these tough guys together, this, you'll watch it. <clears throat> In the Fast and the Furious movies, I feel like. Which uh, I still haven't seen. I've never seen one of Hit me up for a list. I'll tell you which ones to watch. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it really doesn't become. They, they, 
they set the template with the first one, but it really doesn't be- start to become a franchise, a real a real franchise until Fast Five. Right. Like, that's where you got to start, is Fast Five, and you can skip the last two, or, the, or at least the last one. So, yeah, so, but I feel like there's a lot of um, set pieces in American movie that kind of um, reiterate its, its thesis statement, right? What do you think this thesis statement is? I think the thesis statement is that nothing will stop you. Nothing will stop you. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. The only limitations that can be placed on yourself is the limitations that you that you yourself allow to be placed upon your person. And the same thing could be said about it's Die Hard. It's the exact right? same thing for Die Hard. Yeah. It's, so, it's... like, and every set piece in Die Hard reflects that 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 feeling that sentiment yeah and you watch like, him break slowly throughout the whole movie till by the end he's charred and bloodied and just sweating and tired and literally only has two bullets yeah yeah and that's all he's got yeah we don't see mark bloodied and beaten but, but emotionally right yeah. especially when he realizes that because in an american movie he wants to make a feature right Run, Northwestern. No, Northwestern runs out of money, but he has half of this film, Coven, yep. in the can. So he's like, well, I'll just finish this movie. He's um, got a whole plan of how that's going to make him enough money to make the next... Right. That scene when he's got the whiteboard. And that's when you see the rage, the secret <laughs> rage that that dude has. Because that's... that's I, I, I'll get to it. I had another question of what you thought of him. Um, but when he just fucking goes fuck it and like erases the whiteboard and he's like i'm sorry i did that like yeah and you're like oh this guy has some secret rage yeah like if if someone gave him a gun at 10 and not a film camera we would have had another <laughs> ted bundy dylan like, rouse yeah <laughs> was that his name the, the fucking the school shooter dylan. yeah 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 so um so anyway yeah so i just want to reiterate about well so do you season. think mark the personality we see is who Mark is. Do you think that's really him? Because he knows the cameras are there. He knows how to direct. He's a charmer. That's how he gets everyone on board. Is Mark playing a role in that documentary? That's a very good question. Because <clears throat> you watch him punch the board that, that that won't break, right? When he can't throw the guy's head through. Watch him wipe that, that, that whiteboard off. Watch him extrapolate and, and have that revelation in the in the uh, in the cemetery where he works. He's about to he has to clean up human shit, right? He says I'm thirty two years old and I'm and I stared at that shit for 10, 15 seconds and I realized I'm gonna have to you know, I'm cleaning up another man's shit. Which I think is like one of the most poignant fucking things, right? And you see those bits of truth of who he is or when he's drunk and he and he's a dick to his mom during the green bay game right like but the rest of the time is that a character he's playing if the camera wasn't following him if the documentary wasn't there would he have finished his film you know it's interesting that's an interesting question to ask because thinking back to all the talking heads in it when they talk to his family and um one we don't get to talk to them the we don't uh, hear anything from the mother of his children right uh-huh she she probably would have told the camera like wh- what she thought of him and right but there was a sense of like even from his buddy mike who seems a little aloof right like there is a sense of like i don't want to see the wrong thing right because i mean i know it's a midwestern sensibility like they don't want to be rude but it's also like they clearly did not want to see the wrong thing maybe because they don't want to piss him off yeah because pissing him off could be i mean he might be spectrumy like I don't Possibly, know if that's a derogatory yeah. word to say. A derogatory word that I might have just invented. 
Yeah, uh, the answer to your question, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what he was promised with this documentary. I don't know if he was making money off of it or... Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting... I, I know, and that's... I know, tie it back to John McClane, right? Like, the John McClane who shows up, is that the real John McClane? You know, the way he treats his wife, is that the real John McClane? Or that conversation he has with Al about, you know, when he's picking the fucking glass out of his foot. That's the real John McClane, right? So, like... I think the real John McClane is when he's in that that uh, that shaft. Yeah. And he's got that lighter. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm just going to <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. It's, and it takes the event, right? Like, he still tries to have that persona and it's slowly but surely stripped away till the end he's just like fuck you and you and i'm gonna kick this guy out a window and here's taking it back you know to the whole american motif it's like that's that's who john wayne was yeah right john wayne would have you believe that he was this kick-ass cowboy and this american soldier he was neither one of those things right was his real name like shirley or something yeah 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 so yeah like didn't didn't have that persona until john ford literally gave it to him right yeah yeah so yeah i mean summation i think your your idea is like pretty on the nose that these are like great slices of they're great metaphors for what america is right one representing the gun-toting badass who 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 shoots first and asks questions later and saves the day and there's fireworks and money and babes right and the other one the salt of the earth uh uh american working class who kind of looks up to those people and kind of thinks that's who they could be Mm -hmm. right i think that's yeah and and it's also two men facing insurmountable odds that they should not be able to survive and they somehow come out the other end. And it's... I wish that at the end of American movie... And maybe it didn't happen when the movie came out, but I wish that they had told you, like, the success of his film. Like, he accomplished it. Yeah, I don't know... They they imply... Well, they imply that he now has the means to be able to accomplish his dream. But i think what you're gonna say is that it may not have happened yeah we wouldn't yeah. i don't think they would have known at that time yeah. right like 1999 this movie comes out and blair witch project comes out the same year right like like the internet culture didn't exist yet to to like blair witch sense that template right? what, well, what i'm saying is that but he actually did like the, he did accomplish his goal of selling 3,000 units sure right but like i don't know if 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 he had done that if he if he had accomplished that by the time this movie had come out, so maybe that's why they didn't put it at right, the, in the right. in the cards at the end. Because I that was when I looked it up on Wikipedia. I'm like, man, that's even and maybe he wrote his own Wikipedia. I don't know, <laughs> but like you know, I, I felt like it was kind of because you know I was kind of looking through looking through the uh, in between the lines there. I'm like, oh, he probably gave up on this at some point. Like 2003, 2004, probably gave up. YouTube launches at 2005. Maybe he came back around. If you look at this guy's IMDb and what he's done, like he was on Letterman. Yeah, like he was like his political correspondent. Right, which I thought was <clears throat> wild. But he's been consistent all the way up through 2014. So maybe he's not, maybe it's time for him, for Mark to come back. I mean, there's people like that. Like if you, There's a guy called Weird Paul from Pennsylvania, and he's a very cultish he's a found footage kind of guy mm-hmm. he's very like almost like a tim and eric character but way more sincere and he's been doing it since the 80s i think and now with the with the ability to have the internet like he is a sensation like he, he, his band plays places he 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 survives there's, i think there's a documentary about him coming out too but he survives based on 
that cult of personality that he created. But that's my question. Is, do you think Mark could have that cult of personality outside of the documentary? What's the guy like? And that's things. Do you want to know that guy more? Do you want to find out that there's darkness or something bad or like? No, I I feel like the slice of life that I got in that documentary is as much as I want to see. Right. Like, aside from like you know what was his girlfriend's day job like, or what was the the mother of his children like? You know what were what became of his kids? Like what what did what do they think of their dad? Like now, like present <laughs> you can day. look him up on Facebook a bit. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm sure like they're tired of fielding questions about their father. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> But, um, it's like, did you ever see that documentary, American Teen? Mm-mm. It came out like five or six years ago, and it was like they followed a bunch of teens at a high school for a whole year. Oh, no. <clears throat> and it's like, it's kind of a shitty documentary. I'm obsessed with teen melodrama, so it's right up my alley. Mm. But it, they definitely try to make, it's definitely crafted reality. But like, one day I was like, wait a second, I can look these fucking kids up on, on Facebook. I can find these characters. And then like, spend a night just like looking, looking at their profiles to see... Who was still existing? What became of their lives? Are they Trump supporters? Are they <laughs> are they uh, Antifa? You know, like yeah. I remember randomly years ago, like early in college, I was watching Hook. I'm like, I wonder if I could hook if I could look up any of these kids on MySpace. <laughs> and like, sure enough, like quite a few of them were on MySpace <laughs> under the real names. Like, yeah. and it was like, uh, it, it was it was clearly them. Like. Holding up headshots of themselves like when they were kids, so it's like it's not like bullshit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's sad. Is it? No. But they're proud of what they did. Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't think we deep dove on Die Hard too much, but I think we we kind of. I think as a as a as a beginning to a new season, I think this is all right. Well, I think the reason why we didn't dive, and this is where like I don't know if documentaries like. This is the one flaw in our in our in our template. Maybe is that real people are always going to be more fascinating than any people that are made up. True. So uh, we could talk about John McClane and his and his character motivations and and uh, Mr. McClane and uh, and <laughs> Alan Rickman, an American who saw too many cowboy movies. <laughs> but is John McClane as fascinating as Mark? No, because Mark is real. And like, and Mark actually did the shit, right? You know? Right. Like, uh, and you know, and and the thing is, with like John McClane, we know that he has at least five more adventures in him. <laughs> does he have them in him, or does he I'm, just I'm get saying forced? The sequels afterwards. Yeah. Does he just get forced on him? No, that's what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he certainly gets forced in it, especially with. Uh, I think the best sequel out of all the Die Hard sequels is Vengeance. A hundred percent. Yeah, and it's, it's weird, like, but the. the they were like Die Hard A is technically a remake, right? Right. It was if Frank Sinatra was in the original, yeah. right? And then Bruce Willis is in that too. Really? Yeah. In the original? Yeah. I didn't know that. Look That's a that weird, clip. weird piece of trivia yeah. right there. Yeah, he's an extra, but he, you can see, you can see him. He passes <laughs> Sinatra, and uh, Sinatra's coming in as he's leaving. I don't know if I want to. That would give me a nosebleed. Like no, it's I mean, like, like a, it looks like moonlighting Bruce Willis. No, so. but I mean, like, like the idea that that happened. Oh yeah. Um, and then the sequel, right? Die, Die Hard, Die Harder. Is that what the yeah. second one's called? Die Harder. Um, wasn't supposed to be a Die Hard movie. It was written as something else. Oh, I didn't know that. And they retrofitted it. Die Hard yeah. with a Vengeance. I'm pretty sure it was supposed to be a Lethal Weapon movie. And they yeah. changed it and made it Die Hard with a Vengeance. Was Joel Silver a producer on that? Yeah, I think oh, okay. so. I think that makes so. Sense. I can look. And but then you get Die Hard, Live Free or Die Hard. Is yeah. that the next one? Yeah. 
That's the one Fuck with Justin it. Long? Yeah, it's the PG-13 one. Yeah, and that's a piece of shit. Yeah, you just neuter it. And then... With that rating alone. What's the one after it with... Uh, I don't know, with the son? With Jack Cartney? Is that yeah. who it is? Yeah, and like, he says every five minutes how old he is. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, what is that one called? Die Die Another Day? Die Hard a Day? Die, <laughs> die Another Day? Die Hard Another Day? Uh... Uh, <laughs> a good day to die hard. Yeah, that's a good it. day to I die gonna hard. Say, I was gonna say the world is not enough die hard. <laughs> <laughs> Casablanca die hard. And those ones, those two, right? There's no more than that, right? No. Those two were written as die hard movies, and they suck. They suck. Even Die Harder is it's a pretty shitty movie, but it's a cool die hard movie. Die Hard with a Vengeance, perfect. But yeah, I wonder if it's because they wrote him specifically trying to make a Die Hard movie. Yeah, and that's also like not getting the original writers right. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, it's it's hard. I mean, we're getting into weird territory. <laughs> I mean, like so different from what, where our conversation like originally ended. Yeah, but, like you know, what's weird about sequels is that like how much of the original do you take and use as a foundation to build upon your sequel. But also, like, you're in this weird spot of, like, well, how do we build on these characters and make them different enough and have and have them have an arc that's realistic to where the trajectory was in the original installment? Sure. Without that feeling, you know, disingenuine to who they are as characters. So, but like, without fucking rehashing it. That's why Ghostbusters 2 sucks. Cause right. Even as a kid, I didn't understand what was happening. Why they weren't world famous and why it's gone back to the beginning. And that's why Bogus Journey is probably the greatest sequel of all time. Well, the best sequels are the ones that are pretty far departure from... They take uh, the spirit, but it's a new story. Right. Gremlins 2 is a perfect example of that. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, you watch, like... To me, like, when it, when I see a bad sequel, and it's just a rehashing of the original, I call it the Home Alone 2 effect. Right. Which means, like, I'm just going to have a ton of gags, and I'm just literally just putting the kid... He, he's not in a big house, he's just in a big city now. What? Yeah. Like, he should be killed. This yeah. is, like, this is fucking 1992 New York. He would be raped. He would be raped and, mob, and mobbed, Right? Like, there's no way that, like, this is fucking New York City in 1992. He's going to hang out with a homeless pigeon lady. Right. Yeah. But but I think, like, like I think Bogus Journey, great sequel. And, like, I just saw Happy Death Day to you, right? And it's mm. one of the weirdest sequels I've ever seen because it's no longer a horror movie. It becomes a strange sci-fi movie. And the, the, the killer becomes, like, secondary. He's barely even part of the movie. And it becomes this weird sci-fi movie about alternate dimensions. That's cool. And it's like a direct continuation. It's very weird. It's so strange. And I liked it. It's not as good as the original. But, like, I think that's what turned people off is they just would have liked to see another person go through a time yeah. loop getting murdered. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and that's well, – but that's asking for more, right? And that's what I'm saying about Amer Mark and American movies. Like, how much more do we want to know about him? No, I, I feel like there's an <laughs> – the thing that's interesting about – documentaries as well which is different than narrative film is that with narrative film there's this there's this thought of like okay well you could potentially bring that character back and continue that story um even if characters die you can bring them back in some way i mean even die hard with the vengeance found a way to bring back the villain kinda right you know with it being his brother uh -huh. you know and so there's that emotional connection. Whereas with documentaries, because it is a slice of life and they are showing you a particular uh, subject, you as the viewer are like, okay, you know, when it ends, you're like, okay, well, that's the story. Like, that's what you chose to tell me. And, yeah. you know, like for me, like I don't need the, outside of like me going to Wikipedia and saying, I wonder if he actually made a career out of this. I don't need to see another hour documentary about 
his career. Have you ever seen the Seven Up series? Yes. Yeah, and like you watch that, it's kind of like I don't want to watch this anymore. Right. I like, mean, it's you, depressing. Yeah, I mean, you get to like around like uh, twenty one. Well, 28. for me, for me, it was around like twenty. Yeah, twenty seven, twenty eight, where I was like, all right, I can stop with this. Yeah, I, I did, I did one more, which was like them at like in their fifties. Yeah, and and then like. Cause like the further back you reflect, you like when you when you're in the present, and the further back you reflect on what their hopes and dreams were at like eight years old, and what old, they become at, in their teenagers, and then like where they currently are, and like they don't their kids don't talk to them and shit. Yeah, you're like, all right, like too real. Yeah, it's too real. You guys, you guys need to kill this series. <laughs> well, uh, that was that was Die Hard and uh, American Movie. Uh, I recommend you watch both of them. If you've never seen Die Hard, you're probably a psychopath. But I definitely I recommend people watch American Movie. It's really good. And we were just saying that, well, we did say on Mike that this feels like the new year, right? Like Christmas had just finished. Yeah, yeah. And we're talking about Die Hard, which is a quiz essential. Yeah, Christmas every year, movie. every year. Yeah. It's it's a Christmas movie. Did yeah. you know that? Did you know that? It was a Christmas <laughs> Tell movie. Tell the internet. Cause yeah, the internet, guys. The internet doesn't know. Did you know that Die Hard's a Christmas movie? Did you know that? Did you Did you know that? Did you know It's a Wonderful Life is a Christmas movie? Did you know that? The internet doesn't know. Let know? the internet know. Do you know The Grinch Who Stole Christmas is a Thanksgiving movie? Did you, did you know that? You son of a <laughs> um, Next episode, uh, I'm really excited to do this episode because I'm really excited to revisit both of these because I haven't seen them in a very long time. Two movies separated by 30 years, both about gang violence. 1961's West Side Story, directed by Jerome Robbins uh, and Robert Weiss, I guess. And then 1991. Boys in the Hood, directed and written by John Singleton. I haven't seen either in so long. Some of the social commentary in Boys in the Hood doesn't hold up. Yeah, is it? John Singleton's kind of heavy-handed. It's not his fault, but he's he he's a little saccharine, rather. Yeah, I mean, it's a well-made movie, and the yeah. performances are great, but some of the... Like, if, if that film were to be made today, there's, like, at least 30 minutes that would have been cut out. So that's a little preview from the next episode, guys. <laughs> I love the movie. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I, th- I think Ice Cube's great. Like, we learned he could act from they that They won't movie. take your card. You're good. You're good. <laughs> we can have some fried chicken. Yeah, yeah, we'll have some fried chicken. And, yeah, look out for our Green Book uh, fried chicken commentary track. <laughs> you can email us at I think I've, I gotta look this up. I don't remember the, the email address. MovieMoviePod at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at MovieMoviePod. You can follow me, uh, Twitter or Instagram at Gog Brian Bernard. Uh, Michael Gutierrez, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram, Twitter. Don't look for my Facebook. Black Sparrow86. <laughs> all one word Black Sparrow86. Yeah, they're gonna have people Facebooking you now. Just want to see what he's doing. Get a, get a picture of yourself. Hold up a headshot. All right, guys. I will see you in Hollywood. Movies. Action. Thank you for tuning in to the Movie Movie Podcast with Michael Gutierrez and Brian Bernard Murray. Please don't forget to rate and review. Spread the news to your friends and subscribe. Thank you very much to Ashley Marie Snively for our wonderful album art. See you at Hollywood. <laughs>